second episode of Kicking It with the Colonels. That's the name of our podcast. Um, today we're joined by two former colonels, uh, Ole Hesselberg and Tyus Nihus. Tyus, is that right? Did I did I pronounce it right? Yeah, that's pretty good. It's been uh, it's been several years. Uh, it's been accepted. S- All right, good, <laughs> good. Um, Ole and Tyus will be representing Denmark in um, the Tokyo Olympics here in the next few weeks. Um, so first of all, just congrats to you guys for for qualifying. Uh, I know that it's a culmination of a lot of hard work. So congrats. Thanks. Thank you. Now, Ole, you'll be competing in the 3,000-meter steeplechase. Um, and you mentioned earlier that that is the first race of of the track portion of the Olympics. Is that correct? That's right. Do you know what what day you'll be racing? Yeah, it's the 30th of July. Uh, starting, uh, I think the heat start at 9 in the morning. So it's going to be an early one. <laughs> and then, Tyus, you said you're going to be running the last race of of the track portion of the Olympics. And that's that's the dreaded marathon. Is that correct? That's true. What day is that? Do you know? Uh, it's on the Sunday, the 8th of August. So also yeah. even earlier than Ole. So even at, at 7 o'clock in the morning. Well, that's probably good. So, it's probably a good thing for you, though. Yeah, I won't complain about that. <laughs> all right. So well, we'll get back to all the all the specifics. But uh, I wanted to start, you know, from the beginning. Um or I guess the beginning of your your time at EKU. You guys arrived at EKU in 2010, is that correct? Yeah, I did. I came a, I came a year later. Okay. I came in 2011. Okay. But then Ole had left for a year and came back in 2012. Yes, so Ole did so. the did the classic go home for a year and then he came back in in 2012. Is that correct? That's right. Okay, so so tell us about your time at EKU a little bit. What are like what are some of your favorite memories? Like you guys had a lot of a lot of uh, success here as runners. Um, you were you were all Americans. Um, you raced at the NCAA cross country championships several times. In 2013, you all were part of the uh, EKU cross country team that finished. 15th at the NCAA championships, which is still to this day, the, the best national finish for an EK. That's right. For an EKU team. So just tell us about, you know, your experience at EKU. Uh, sure. Do you want to go first? Thais? Sure. I can go first. Uh, connecting to that 2013 season, the, especially cross country is a team sport in the U S and it's the team that matters. Uh, you can't, I mean, you can obviously do well, yourself but just being together as a team is highly motivating and it's a it's a really different atmosphere than anywhere else in the world i imagine and like eight days prior to or to a national meet we had the regional meet in in virginia which is probably my favorite athletic moment like us winning the regional meet in cross country i think we we're the only ones to do that so far and yeah that was just a really really great day where where I think we put six out of eight guys in the top 25 for for all region, which is pretty crazy. And and everybody was was really happy. So yeah, I'm really really happy about that performance. Uh, I think I finished in the 
I, I can't even remember what I finished myself because the team was the most important thing that day and, and we won and and we went on to the national meet and did okay. We should have done a little bit better maybe, but yeah, that team, you can't have it all. That team was the only KU team ever to win win a uh, Southeast region championship. So that you're right. That is also a pretty cool, um, a pretty cool achievement. Ole. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was just, you know, everything was just went came together there. The, the team, we had such a good group of guys. Um, like we got, uh, along really well uh, and and then everybody just had the same goal they just wanted to be as competitive as possible um and yeah like ties is saying yeah we were we, we won regionals which was really big and then it was just it was great it was a great time um it was a lot of fun at the same time uh, we worked hard together uh, made friends for life um i mean i think we, we're going to ties wedding here in uh, in September and a lot of the, the guys from the teams are, are coming all the way from the States and joining. Uh, so, so yeah, we still keep in touch today. I actually, I, I just cooled down with the, with Sufjan Bushiki, who was the star of our team. So, so, I mean, we still see each other, meet each other all over the world. And then we got, yeah, friends and it, it was just, yeah, it was just a great time. That's really cool. That's really, how's Sufjan doing? Uh, at the moment, I think he's a little disappointed. He he uh, he's the first one out to miss the Olympics. Um, and what event? So so in the five k in five thousand meters. Um, yeah, so I think he yeah. So so with the new ranking system, he was the first one out. So obviously he's very disappointed. Yeah. Uh, and 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 was really hoping to go. And and I mean I think he deserved to go, but yeah, unfortunately he was just unlucky here. Yeah. Um. So what what are some of your favorite memories outside of I guess you know competing um, at EKU? Tyus, you, did you did you meet Julie at EKU or did you? I was, already... a, I was about to say thanks for all reminding me. Before I get in trouble, I should probably say my favorite moment was meeting Julie. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, I might have a problem when yeah, I go home in a week or so def- from training definitely camp. have some problems. No, so yeah, we don't want that. No, outside of the outside of the track I, I met my hopefully future to be wife julie who was also on the track and field team from from norway we've lived together for the last five years and things are going pretty well i would say so yeah that was definitely also one of the highlights and just being part of like a very professional setup uh, which is highly highly recommended for anybody from from europe to try in the u.s and that was i'm very appreciative of that right now when I see you when even I'm making the Olympics now, we still sometimes have trouble getting the help we need. Mm-hmm. Ole, what were some of your favorite memories uh, outside of competing at EKU? Yeah, like like I said before, I think the, the main thing for me was just making a ton of good friends mm-hmm. uh, over there. Um, yeah, I don't have a single moment that's, that's stands out in my mind right now, but the but yeah, I mean, I can mention all the guys that I still talk to. Uh, I was my first roommate. I was best man in his wedding. And, and you know, it's just there's a little bit about how close you get to people uh, when you're on a team together and, and chasing basically this. Everybody's chasing the same dream, the same goals. And yeah. And then so, Tyus, you left EKU in 2013. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I, think you... I, I left actually after that. Okay. Uh, 
Let me think. That must have been, yeah, the fall of 2013, so December, January, ah, that's right, right from 2013 to 2014. After the cross-country season. Yeah, yeah, that's it was right. a tough one. So you you came back to Denmark and, and entered medical school, is that correct? That's correct. One of the reasons I had to, to, I was put in the dilemma of staying, I was in two and a half years in the U.S., and I know that the pre-med degree in the U.S. didn't really count towards my medical degree, which is six years in Denmark. So that was one part. The other part was I was I was in the bubble of making the world team in Denmark in the half marathon, and they told me I had to be home in order to qualify. So that was a hard decision, but sometimes you you got to pick one and then hope it's the right one. And uh, I tell everybody, try to stay four years. I enjoyed my time at ETU, and yeah. Right now, I'm I'm in medical school still. So okay, how's it going ask, pretty well? How how far along are you in the medical school process? Um, when when will you be finished? I guess uh, I I can be finished within the year, but uh, I'll try to postpone this as much as I can, just because I want to chase my dream with the Olympics. Uh, opposite of Ole, it's my first Olympics, and it's going to be a, quite a strange one. Mm. Uh, we're not allowed to leave the hotel. And we are also forced to train on a really small track. We're not allowed to bring family, girlfriends, wives, uh, coaches. That is, it is going to be strange. You're right. But so it's still going to be the Olympics. Going to the Paris Olympics. Still going to be Olympian. Yes. yes. That's, uh, I, you, no matter the circumstances, you will never say no to that. That's, right. that's the biggest dream in, and the biggest thing we can go to. It's one in, once every four years, so it's it's really hard to get there. Yeah. Um, how difficult has it been, you know, being a med student while also training for the Olympics, especially in a, an event as grueling as the marathon? I think it has its ups and downs. Uh, I think it's good to have something besides just run because you can only run a couple of hours a day it's not like biking where you can sit for eight to ten hours a day on the bike but so so having something to switch between when if you have a bad race you can still have okay you have school you don't have time to be too hard on yourself too long because you you got to move on and it helped that i've been part-time in medical school the last year now since i made the world's team in 2019 so it's good planning can can do a lot and then, I guess, is your plan after after you're done being a an elite marathoner, is your plan to be a, a medical doctor? Yeah, obviously. Uh, I mean, after I'll probably finish in 2024 if I can make it that far and then I can postpone it that much. And then I'll go into some residency and I'll have to specialize, specialize eventually. So we'll see where I, where I end up. But yeah, definitely going to be a medical doctor. Okay. And then Ole, you left EKU in 2015. You were a three-time um, medalist in the in the NCAA steeplechase. And then you made the uh, you made the Olympic team in 2016, um, just a, just a year later. And so so you were in Rio. Um, can you tell us a little yeah. bit about that experience? Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, I, I I qualified. I think I was the second last to qualify for Rio so so out of 45 I was number 44 coming in uh, and for me it was just a huge stepping stone um, and I think uh, racing in the states like racing NCAA which is a high high level really 
prepared me well for it, even though I was I was crazy nervous when I sat in that call room and and got ready to uh, to hit the track. Um, but yeah, yeah, for for me, it was a learning experience to be in Rio. I was uh, I, I had chased the, the the standard the entire season. So once I actually got there, my body was fatigued, my mind was fatigued. And even though I did, I did decent. I think I finished thirty second mm-hmm. or thirty third, uh, which is better than what I was supposed to. Um, I, I wasn't quite there physically, and 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 that's why after after that I was like, I want to do this again, but I want to be competitive, and that's why we're sitting here now. And I, I want to be competitive in Tokyo. That's what it's all about for me. Yeah. Now, if I recall correctly, you you missed the. Uh opening ceremony at Rio is that is that correct we that's we, correct will you be able to attend the opening ceremony um uh, I think so um, are they even I'm gonna still have debating one? whether I will yeah. I, I that's a good question I I honestly don't know yeah. uh, I, I think at the moment it's it's on I think they will have an opening ceremony but uh, you never know things yeah. can change with this corona stuff I just I, I'd be thrilled to see you guys walking walking out there with the yeah, it would it would Danish be cool, flag. but like I said, for for me now, it's it's about being competitive. Yeah, it doesn't and, always it doesn't always work out. I, I get that it, exactly. Um, and then Tyus, you ran at the World Championships um, in the summer of nineteen um, in the marathon again um, in Doha. Is that correct? Yeah, that's completely true. And then so. Doha is very hot, um, and so tell us about tell us about that that experience because because several people did not finish that race. Correct? It was it was a grueling yes, race. Yes, it was it, it was beyond brutal. Uh, Doha is first of all how a track and field event can end in that country. I have no clue because they had absolutely no interest. In uh, track and field, uh, you couldn't even watch it on the TV, and there's no people in the stands. So, great job for for putting it there. But regardless, I had a job to do. Uh, I was very focused. It was my my first World tra- Championship track and field. I've been to cross and and on the road, but I prepared well. I I went to Dubai to acclimatize to to the heat and the humidity, and yeah, the last two weeks leading up to the race always ran at night because during the day it was like it was over 40 degrees celsius and that will probably convert into like 110 120 fahrenheit it's just like you'll be cooked alive if you go out there so and and the race was even at at midnight so which is quite a strange uh, lead up if you go the entire day waiting for a race that late but i prepared well and i did a lot of uh, I got a lot of knowledge from doing that preparation regarding the heat and I was seated 60 something and I finished 31st. So I was really content with what I did there. And I, and I hope to do uh, something similar in, uh, in Sapporo where the marathon will be held at the Olympics. That's 800 kilometers North of Tokyo. So a little less warm than Tokyo. Oh, good. So I remember the, the, wasn't it run just like in a, it wasn't like a normal marathon. It was just running like you had to like do do laps basically, right? Yes, we did. It was a six k k loop, little under four miles, and you had to do it like seven times. Okay. I was just, maybe it's a seven k loop, but you had to do six or seven laps 
and it was pretty boring. You could see the runners on the other side the entire time. And, I mean, that, uh, that, has, that had to have been so bad. <laughs> yeah, and but you, then again, I could mentally I split it up in two two laps easy, then two laps where I needed mm. to start pushing, and then two laps of surviving. So I kind of like made my own mental games for the for the race, and it motivated me a lot. When when you halfway I was seventieth and then finished thirty first, yeah, I picked up so many people in the second half, and yeah. that was highly motivating. Well, one thing I remember, one thing I remember about you is that you were very mentally tough. So it doesn't surprise me that one you've you know that you've thrived in the marathon, and two that you succeeded in that particular race because I think it obviously took took a, a a bunch of mental fortitude more than anything to get through a race like that um especially yeah the, the thing the thing you have to remember with these races even though they're harder the conditions are bad it's the same for everyone so you can either True. choose to complain about it and be annoyed about it or you can try to make the most of it and say that everybody else is feeling worse than than you are yeah um okay so ole we know that Tyus is going to go on to be a uh, a doctor after he's done running. What are what are your plans? I know you were a physics major. Um, you got a physics degree here at EKU. What a, what a, what do you have? Um, what do you have in the future after you're after you're done? After my running career, that's a good question. Um, actually, when I came home from EKU, I took a year off and just focused on running and focused on on qualifying for for Rio. Uh, but then after Rio, I entered the uh, engineering school uh, and I took my civil engineering degree in mechanical engineering. I finished two years ago now and I actually work part time as a civil engineer at the moment. Oh, cool. Where at in uh, Copenhagen? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I work at a small starting startup company in Copenhagen. Uh, and they're super cool, really nice. They let me travel, do all my training camps, and, and they don't complain when I'm gone for a month or something. <laughs> well, that's a good setup to have. That's um, a great setup. I'm very, I'm very happy about it. And yeah, they support me all the way, so that's great. Cool. Um, so let's talk about you guys' training regimens. Obviously, two very different events here that you all are running. Um, the 3K steeplechase is is less than two miles. Um, the marathon is of course a lot of miles. Um, so, <laughs> so you're doing, you all are obviously doing very different training regimens. Um, what kind of, what kind of stuff have you done Ole to, to get, um, you know, to, to get in shape, to, to, to run an 820, which was, is the Danish yeah. national record and the, the time yeah. that got you into the Olympics. Like what, what did you do to get to that point? I mean, it's, it's a combination of a lot of things, I think, but, but for me, the most important part has just been consistency. Uh, we trained really well in college. We trained really well together in college actually as well. And I've just been training every year and just becoming better and better every year uh, and building on my mileage, building on my speed uh, and stuff like that. Uh, but we were actually, Tyson and I were in Font Remue uh, a few months ago on training camps together and, and we trained quite a lot together and it still works really well. We train very well together. So some of the training does overlap then? Yeah, it's, it's pretty much, I do half of what Tyson does. <laughs> uh, and, and that's pretty much how it is. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, where... <laughs> 
where are you now, Ole? I'm in Samoits in Switzerland. And I've seen you, that's sort of like your, you go there a lot, I've noticed. Is that sort of your home base? Yeah, it's, 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 it's really nice place. Uh, I've been here many times, like, like I told you before, Soso see as well. So there's a bunch of other athletes. So it's just a great place to train and it's obviously in altitude. Uh, yeah. Did you ever go to uh, a train training camps in Kenya? Yeah, I, I was actually also in Kenya with Tyus this, this year. Uh, we were together in the 10th. Okay. And then Tyus, take us through your training a little bit. I know it's obviously, I, I, I ran a marathon a few years ago and the tra the training for it is, is, is rough. It's just a lot of, it's a lot of time and a lot of just running. Um, but sort yeah. of what, what, what can you tell us about how, how your training went? Yeah, it's, it's definitely all it touched some points already it's, it's a complex answer and it, i think for for most of the people making the olympics it's about staying injury free as much as possible mm. and not being sick and then just being able to to grind it out week after week and also have the have the courage to to back off once something hits because it, it's inevitable that you're not going to go through injury or soreness or fatigue so once in a while you got to hold yourself back and yeah, for me, it's been like I did my first marathon in 2018 uh, after I was a little bit stuck in the 5K. And in general, I cut down from three workouts to two workouts a week. But in order to compensate for that, I've, I've started doing more miles. And I think this year I already, I'm already at 3,000 miles, even though we're just over halfway through the year. So I think that says enough, really. I think most of my weeks, I mean, Currently, we're four weeks out of the Olympics for me, and my last two weeks have been uh, have been 130 miles. Oh my! God. With at at altitude, <laughs> with a lot of uh, running up and down. So, I think I got like nearly 10,000 feet Whoa. of ascent as well. That's insane. What what did what kind of mileage per week did you max out at? Uh, I maxed out last. Uh, December before the Valencia Marathon at 145 miles but you can only do this a couple of times like you shouldn't be doing this all year yeah. around because you've got to make sure to to split your training blocks up in periods if you do the same thing at some point your body won't get the stimuli it needs to become better so yeah yeah switching it up a little bit once in a while yeah well how much will you taper off here over the next few weeks? Like pretty, pretty significantly, or are we, are you still going to be training? Uh, my tape, my taper will be, I'm running like 11 to 12 times a week and I'll probably stay at the same amount of trainings really until the last week where I dropped to maybe nine, just because you don't want to, you don't want to go from training so much to barely nothing. Cause then you, your body will get all messed up, Yeah. but I will cut down a little bit on the uh, amount and then keep the intensity i'll do a lot of the last three four weeks i'll do a lot of workouts around my like yeah. projected marathon pace so for me that would be around the just under five minute miles yeah so running say, a lot of like 455 miles i was gonna say tell people what what your time was that that you had to get to, to qualify for the olympics because i'm not I'm not sure people realize how fast it takes to. Yes. So yeah, it's, marathon is 26.2 miles. 
and I averaged 459 for the mile. So it's 26 of five miles in a row in order to get to the Olympics. I ran 210.57, which is quite a good half marathon time for most people. Yes. And the standard was 211.30. So I just made it under by 33 seconds. So I'm really, really stoked about that. And where did you run that at? Was that Valencia or was it? Uh, I ran that in another uh, Spanish city. It was in Seville. Oh, that's right. In the tw- 23rd of February, 2020. So when the Olympics was still going to be held in 2020. Yeah. So, yeah. That's right. And how much, and this is just, you know, me me interested, but how much do you have to eat to 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 keep up with 145 miles a week? Like, in are, general, are you constantly in hungry? general? In general, I just eat whenever I'm hungry, which is most of the day. Yeah, you just like Ty's eat all the time. Snack throughout the day. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Ty's eat all the time. Yeah, and uh, once in a while, you also need to eat something uh, less healthy. You need some, uh, just some wine gums or some chocolate or snacks, just yeah. and maybe a soda, just to make sure you have energy enough because. <laughs> once you're going to run these amount of miles the the engine needs something to burn otherwise you you're going to go down a a dark rabbit hole you're never getting out of again yeah. i was going to ask and again this is just me being curious but like you know as as elite athletes how much how and i know everybody's probably different but how strict are you with with like um your or your your diets and like do you ever, do you ever like, do you ever drink a beer? Um, do you ever, you know what I mean? Like, do you ever, uh, like, is there a certain point where, where you cut off stuff like that? Uh, I know you guys have an off season, but like, do you ever, um, how strict are you about that? I'm not that strict. Uh, I, I'm generally just, it's always worth for me to eat whatever I really want. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm aware I need my basic stuff and, and but I can also eat a I can easily eat a, eat an ice cream or have a soda or like even have a beer. I mean, the last couple of weeks before the Olympics, I probably won't have a beer like the last six weeks or so. But mm-hmm. especially once, especially after the marathon, you need to take a long rest, no matter how the race went. So you need to drink more beers <laughs> hmm. than you're running miles. I'd say the first week after a marathon, otherwise you're doing something wrong. So either drink a lot of beers and r- otherwise. Don't run too much. So you're saying after the marathon, you're going to have several beers, is what you're saying? Yeah, um, since there won't be too big of an after party in Tokyo yeah. due to all the COVID regulations, I <laughs> I hope to have one hell of a party when when we're getting married on the on the fourth of September, and that will probably involve a lot of beers and wine. Well, you will have earned it at that point. Hopefully. <laughs> Ole, what about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm the same as Thais. I tried not to be too strict about it, but when we get close to, to the Olympics, like now I don't drink beer and I don't eat candy, really. I eat some chocolate and, and stuff like that, but but not... Besides that, I just eat what I feel like I need to eat in order to, to run the miles and do the workouts I need yeah. and have energy enough. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very much, when I feel very tired and very fatigued, I try and eat more just to be sure that I get enough. That's usually my my strategy. Okay. All right, and then so now we're we're gonna move over to the the actual the games. Um, what have y'all been told about like? So you all sort of fly in separate. You don't 
go in as a as a Danish team, correct? Like you just sort of get your own flight. Um, yeah, that's right. And then uh, there's a Olympic Village. Um, yeah. But you have to pretty much stay in there the whole time. There's no going out to explore Tokyo or anything like that. Yep. Nothing like that. No. Okay. So you know, obviously, not the not the the pure not the full olympic experience i guess um and there won't be any fans but like we said it's still the olympics <laughs> yeah. uh, still you know the biggest the biggest stage um so that's cool so what i guess what have y'all have i missed anything like what have y'all been told about about what it'll be like well first of all uh, we're not allowed into tokyo before very late uh, in rio uh, i think it was in 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 Brazil, like two weeks prior to my race. Now I'm only allowed to come in seven or eight days before my race, uh, which is a small problem because you have the, the the weather, the climate to get used to, and then you also got the time difference. I think there's seven hours. Uh, so, so personally, I'm already started to try and like switch my days a little bit, so I go to bed really early to so so the time difference won't be as big as as um, as otherwise. Mm -hmm. Uh, then there's training issues where once we arrive, I think I arrived the, the 22nd, we get checked into a hotel. Uh, we won't be allowed to leave the hotel. We will be allowed to go down to the basement, run on the treadmill. That's it. Uh, and then once the once we're done with that, we have to go to the village on the 23rd or 24th, I think. And once we get there, you're not allowed to leave the village and they should go for, for training or, or competition. Uh, and then there's just a ton of regulations where you got to test yourself every day. You have multiple apps you need to download in order to, <laughs> to, to monitor your health. And so they can track you. And it's just, it's just crazy. There's so much stuff. This sounds intense. But do you get any track time? Like once you're in the village, I mean, obviously just, just a allotted track time to go train. I, I actually think I don't think people know what's really gonna happen when we get there, because uh, because we've been told so many things and I've been asking and pushing about training because it's the last week prior to my race, but but nobody can really say anything and they don't want to promise me anything that then won't be a reality. So, so I've been told that I should probably just uh, expect that I can do everything on a treadmill. That's it. Oh my god! The gosh. last week before that's... the race. That doesn't sound. Uh, that doesn't told, sound ideal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I think I've been told that we have a training facility. It's a 400 meter track, and uh, then people complained that that was not enough. Because I mean, obviously, if we're gonna do a workout, we might do it <laughs> like 12 or 13 miles. So they opted for the version that we can have a a half a mile loop to run on now and that's about it still that's i mean training for a marathon that's and that's and a lot that's a lot of loops vaccinated yeah that's a lot of loops but uh, but i think like tyson like tyson mentioned earlier uh, like like the extreme weathers in doha this is the same it's you can let it bother you or you can just be well prepared and the more prepared you are uh, the better are your chances. I think this Olympic Games is going to be about whoever can can handle these strange circumstances the best. That's a really good. That's a really good mindset. That's a really good mentality, actually. And I think yeah, that... you need to be flexible and adaptable to every situation. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, that is a really good mindset to take into this, and I think that that gives you guys an upper hand, honestly, because you think like that. And, uh, you know, I, I know that you're both mentally tough people, um, so I, I do think that, that, that that's going to benefit you all, honestly. Um, so looking to, the, looking to the future, you all have both mentioned, I think, the, the Paris 2024 Olympics is are is that on the radar for both of you or I mean I, I think uh, I, I think, think Ty's mentioned it I haven't mentioned oh, it. oh okay I'm sorry <laughs> I, I couldn't remember I couldn't remember if you had mentioned it Ole I, I know that that would be your your third Olympics um I, yeah you know, I, I know yeah. you guys are getting getting up there in age at this point uh, <laughs> um but no I I just didn't know if you all were both you know, sort of had that on your radar or what? Uh, for me, it's just after Tokyo, it's, it's one year at a time. Yeah. Uh, next year, we have uh, the world champs uh, in in the States and Hay- at Haywood Field. Yeah. Uh, and, and like you mentioned earlier, I competed at Haywood Field three times, finished uh, yeah top seven, top three twice as well. And I just want, I want to go back there, man. Mm. I have some great memories from that stadium, Tracktown USA. It's just an amazing place to be. Uh, so for me, that's really high on my wish list. And then after that, we'll see. We'll see. It's yeah. it's all about what my body can handle. I think, yeah. uh, like you said, getting old. Nah, uh, the I didn't say that. I you know <laughs> you I, are saying that it's I, true. I hinted In at this it. game. We are getting old. <laughs> uh, but but the steeplechase is tough on the body and and yeah so so I'm not sure how how many years I got left in me but but yeah just one year at a time for me. Yeah, you know I think a lot of people, a lot of the casual fans, you know it's hard for them you know they get they get locked in on the olympics every four years but you know for you guys the world championships are is an every year thing and that's that's basically the olympics on a or is it every two years yeah okay every it's two, every two years okay sorry yeah but it, i mean that's basically the olympics just not on a not on an olympic yeah. year you know what i mean like that that's a that's yeah, a big exactly. deal um yeah especially in the u.s i mean I mean, we haven't gone to college in the U.S. like all of us. I'm actually already qualified in a marathon for Eugene, and I had the pleasure of going there once in the 10K. Yeah. So I feel I like that. it's a it's a full circle that coming back to to Hayward Field and Eugene, it's going to be absolutely amazing. And okay. and I hope to see a lot of EKU people. Maybe some of our friends will will be there, and maybe some other alumni. Maybe you should take the trip as well. <laughs> I and, might. Yeah, I'm, I didn't I'm, realize you had qualified for the worlds already. That's awesome. Yeah, I I, I was lucky. It was, it's quite a funny story because the uh, usually you qualify the year before you can qualify from the year before, so first of January, twenty twenty one. But because there's so few races in the Corona times, then they said it was the first of December last year, twenty twenty. But the qualifying standards didn't get out until like twentieth of December. And on the 6th of December, I ran 2.11.28, and the standard was 2.11.30. So I got, oh. got in by two seconds. That's incredible. So I will definitely be there and already trying to look at tickets for, for my parents and stuff like that. So oh, everybody's listening. Come out to Eugene next year. It's going to be I a lot of fun. S- I seriously might. I was just out there for the NCAA championships, you know, a, a month ago or so. And uh, it's obviously mm-hmm. an awesome place. But the new... The new uh, facility out there is, is um, I mean, is world class. And I know that they won't run the marathon 
in there. I don't, I don't know where where that's going to be um, be ran, but but still, you're you're going to love that new track out there. I mean, it's it's amazing. Can't wait. Yeah. Well, that that's cool. I didn't I didn't realize that you had. Uh, and then Ole, I hope that hope you're out there as well. Getting to watch you run a one more steeplechase race at that track would be. Yeah. Unlike Ty's, I was a little bit unlucky. I have run the standard. I just ran it a little bit too early. I think a week or so too early. That doesn't count. So I have to do it again. You're right. It's not going to ah. be an issue. Your 820 was. Yeah. It was too early. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's because the tra on the track, the qualifying uh, uh, dates, they first start the 27th of June. And Ole ran the 18th of June. So he's like, basically, he got the qualifier just nine days too early or something. <laughs> but. Uh, I'm pretty confident that Ole will make it. Yeah. He showed his class and qualified for the Olympics. So I see no reason that he can't go faster than he already did. And I'm sure he will be there and we will be back together. That would be awesome. I really, uh, you know, if if anybody listening, if, if you've never been out to Hayward Field in Eugene, Oregon, um, it really is a cool, a, a cool place and, you know, a, a cool place to watch track. And the, the World Championships 2022 will be held there um, next summer. And, that, I mean, it's going to be really fun. And there will be some – there will be at least one former colonel there, um, hopefully. Ah, there'll be several. Hopefully a, few, several. Hopefully a few more. Um, but, it, you know, that's something that, that would be worth a trip. Um, so then, Tyus, one, one other thing. You said your, your wedding is September 4th? 4th. Okay. So, and that's uh that's exciting. Two two colonels marrying each other there. Uh and then I'm assuming that you said there's going to be a lot of former teammates there. Yeah, we hope there to be as as many as possible. We'll, we'll see what the travel restrictions will allow. Mm. But we definitely invited the quite some people from EKU because like all I mentioned earlier on, we have really strong bonds with with our teammates and they're still some of our best friends and we talk with them uh, through social media and on skype and zoom and what other parts of like things are possible so yeah i look forward to it and forward to seeing my friends again and where is the wedding going to be at? is that going to be in your hometown in denmark it's going to be like 10 miles out of my hometown uh just at the at a bigger place and a little bit away from the farm and all the smell and it should be a nice uh, occasion like looking over the some water and yeah can't oh, wait we still got to plan a little bit I'm, i might be you might been, have to rush a little bit once i'm you've been a little the marathon. you've been a little preoccupied i guess uh to do to do wedding planning so yeah hopefully you can uh, cram it all in after after the olympics um should be possible but I think that, you know, I think that's all that I have have for you guys today. Um, I really appreciate you all joining us on this podcast. Um, it was, you know, I know that obviously you have, have a lot going on right now and, and we'll be heading to Tokyo soon. So I really appreciate you guys taking the time to, to, to join us. Of course. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. Thanks for, for having us. And Episode two. That's pretty legit and we're two persons yeah, uh, on no, there no. so perfect you, you guys are big stars so you know we, we had to get you we had to get you early on so um but we'll, we're, you know we'll be watching um 
will be watching. I don't know what. what so if you're if you, if your races are in the morning in Tokyo, what'll that be in America? I, I'm bad at. This. I think it's for Denmark. It's minus seven hours, and then it's another six to the U.S. So that'll yeah. be around twelve hours difference, plus minus depending on where you're at in in the states. So that'll be around like six or seven o'clock on the seventh of August from for my race. And for Ola, it will be that will be the 30th of August, around eight or nine in oh. the evening. So grab a beer, have fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna lock, I'm gonna lock into all two hours of your marathon, Tyus. I mean, I'm gonna yes, yeah, I'm gonna be. It's gotta take a little more than two hours, but <laughs> two, I, no, oh, hurry two, up you have done. two hours. No, two hours. You got two hours now. You're gonna win it. That's it. Listen, somebody's <laughs> run it in two hours, so that means that means you can run it's it. Possible. it. It's possible. It is possible. It is possible. It is, it is. We're proud of you guys. We'll be we'll be rooting for you in Tokyo, and uh, and thanks for coming on the the second episode of Kicking It with the Colonels. Thank you very thanks. much.